My fans, uh, before we kind of start our episode, we would like to uh, pay our respects to the Snow family. It's been a very tough week. Um, the journey that we've been able to watch through social media, through uh, Kelsey Snow's story um, of her husband, Chris Snow, um, you know, has been a powerful one. And everything that this family's done of, uh, you know, opening their uh, the social media side of it and letting us see how things have been, um, you know, was, was obviously wonderful and seeing their story, but, uh, heartbreaking in a way too. And, um, yesterday we lost, uh, a great man, a great person, a hero, a person that helped a lot of people And Chris Snow, um, on behalf of me at the two points and us at the two months podcast, uh, I like to say my thoughts and prayers. Uh, we have our, uh, our team here with us and I'll, uh, we have a very special guest joining us too, and he'll have his thoughts. I'll throw to clay first, uh, Clay, your kind of thoughts on this? Well, yeah, I mean, it's sad. It kind of, you kind of, you knew it was, it was bound to happen, I guess. But just looking how hard he fought, I I remember watching him on, I I think it was Hockey Night in Canada. Was it After Hours? Yeah. Uh, With his his family and and you just, you see how hard the guy was, was fighting and, and, how supportive his his wife was. I mean, she deserves a ton of credit for for what she was going through and how she kept a brave face. And then you think of the two kids, you know, young kids that he had, you know, and he was young himself uh, as well. And it, it, you know, how he fought it and continued to even work, you know, right up until, you know, whenever it was. Um, but yeah, thoughts that go to to his family and and those two little kids that he's got, and you know the well, uh, the great thing is 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 the hockey community, as we know with the Kobe Cave situation with Ben Stelter, you know people rally around tragedy in the hockey community, and and they'll be supported yeah. um, moving forward. So, Phil. Yeah, like as a as a Flames fan, I got to uh, you know we we all kind of went along on this journey with his family and uh, such a tragic end, uh, unfortunately. Um, but like like Mandy just said, you know the 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 good does come out of it with with the support and you know the the awareness that the Snow family has uh, has brought forth from this terrible sickness and. I I know like Chris No was doing some uh, some trials for uh, and and like the guy was only supposed to live for like six months and he made it like more than three years. So uh, the advancements that they've made and uh, another another like uh, light from this is uh, Chris was able to donate some organs and and give some other people some life too. So yeah, great um, point. Great point. Yeah. What a what a what a hero! What a great guy! And uh, he's gonna surely be missed in the in the hockey world, not only just for the Flames, but for the hockey world. And Bob Stoffer. Well, I think this reinforces, you know, what we talk about. I mean, uh, a guy like myself gets to work in the toy department of life, right? Like it's a privilege to do what I do. Yeah. It's funny I was communicating with somebody tonight, and uh, I never envy anybody that works in politics because invariably half the uh, half of societies these days seems like they're down on you. Uh, you know, I get a I get a follow around 
arguably, well, not not an argument, in my opinion, the most advanced player to ever live. Um, and, and he's got a pretty good running mate with him uh, in terms of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in my role. And I, I know I've said it multiple times on the air. I've said it multiple times when I'm with you guys. I'm for the battle of El, battle for Alberta, not the battle of Alberta. There is rivalry, but at the end of the day, never lose sight of the fact that, uh, you know, I think like I'm cheering for Calgary. And uh, so you, you you develop tremendous am- empathy. Uh, I remember, you know, something with Matt Stage in a few years ago, he went through it, an incredibly brutal time. And your heart, your heart goes out to to people. And and I, I look at sort of Chris's journey and, you know, he was with Minnesota and then he joined Brad and, uh, you know, the Flames, the Flames had a really good management team, you know, and Chris was part of that. And they did some things like they built a great uh, uh, minor league team the last two years. That's been as good AHL team as there is. And they did a lot of things that were very proactive and progressive. And so, uh, you know, from a, a hockey perspective, there's some things to admire. And by all reports, from a personal perspective, he was a, a wonderful guy, great husband uh, and, a, and a terrific father. So that end of it. You know, it's sad, uh, but, at, you know, there's also to a certain extent, you know, we need to, yes, Chris has passed, but we need to celebrate what this man's done and celebrate, you know, his passing. I think that, you know, there's an opportunity and it's it, it's hard, especially when it's a, a younger man in, in the situation with his wife and family. But the reality of the situation is he was a pretty special, special guy. And I, I don't think that's lost to anybody out there in the hockey world. And I think you saw that with the outpouring of comments that came from Brad Trilliving with the Maple Leafs and the Oilers today and, and the various different teams that had the privilege of interacting with Chris Snow over the last several years. Thank you, Stoff. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, and yes, our, our thoughts and prayers with the family, the organization, the fans, and uh, all the lives that uh, Chris Snow touched. Uh, he'll be... Uh, a hero forever, and uh, we were thinking of him, and it was a beautiful ceremony they had the other night when the Oilers played the Flames. Um, so, thank you. Our NHL news and notes segment is brought to you by Sheena Boychuk. Yes, you heard that last name right. That's Sheena Boychuk. As a licensed realtor, Sheena has you covered to buy and sell your home in this hot market. She also offers home consulting services to help you upgrade your living space. Check her website out at SheenaBoychuk.com and tell her the Two Mods podcast sent you. Realty by design, your design approach to real estate. We'd like to thank Sheena for jumping on. This is a new sponsor for us. We're very excited to have her join us here on this Too Much Podcast journey. Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. I have my co-host with me. We have uh, Clay Vanderham. Vandy, how's it going? Vandy is Danny. Uh, Just got out of the rink. My U13 kids were playing. Uh, Yeah, they they, they ended up winning uh, their first game of the year. So good start. And uh, sitting with the podcast, ready to talk some puck and stick with you guys. Yes, and we got Phil Stockley. Phil, how's it going? 
I'm going, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I was in the rink all weekend too. My boys out in New Sarepta had, uh, had their tryouts this weekend and both boys made the A team. So pretty, pretty relieved. I just, just, we just got the news right before we jumped on here and both those boys are pumped and uh, some proud parents here too. So you, we're doing you, say, good. you say relieved. It is. That's what it is at the end of trials, Where, wherever they make it. Like, I don't know if, if parents haven't gone through evaluations for their kids. It is a very <laughs> stressful time for a lot yeah. of parents. And the anxiety level is very high. I have emails to show <laughs> that, oh. but it, yeah, it is. <laughs> there we go. Good for them, man. Good. Right on. Good stick taps. And uh, we have our guest uh, with us joining us tonight. He's from the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network and Rogers Sportsnet. On the regional side, we'd like to welcome back to the Two Months Podcast, Bob Stoffer. Stoff, how's it going? Good. It's great to see that uh, Phil's kids can overcome his genetics to, uh, to yes. make that team. I knew that was coming. Yeah, they, yeah. Didn't, they didn't get it from me. One hundred percent, they didn't get it from me. Yeah. Phil, Phil's the. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure my uh, my kids, like seven and ten, are like literally way better at hockey than I am. So, well, they did have Rupper. Were they out at Rupper and Brody's camp? Not yet. No, no, no oh, they okay. haven't. They haven't got to experience oh, yeah. Rupper and Brody yet. So, sorry, Bob. We took your thunder there. <laughs> All right. All good. Yeah. Um, Stoff, obviously some big news tonight, um, you know, uh, leading into you're in Seattle, you guys play Seattle, you guys been on the road here a little bit uh, in the preseason, but uh, um, some, you know, sad news in a way, uh, Brandon Sutter retiring, uh, you know, he came in on the PTO, um, but uh, can you kind of give a quick rip, quick thoughts on uh, kind of what he overcame just to even get onto the ice during training camp. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you guys know that he had long COVID. Um, and he basically didn't play for the last two and a half seasons. So it was always going to be a challenge. Uh, there was a moment in last night's game, the third period in Vancouver, where you could see a little bit of the, I thought you could maybe see some frustration. He couldn't get to where he used to be able to get to. And that's, you know, I, I and, now, they had a good lineup. They basically had their entire first unit power play on the ice, and that tilted the game in the third period, and the Oilers ended up twice in situations where they were five on three. I didn't think, to be honest with you, that Sutter did that poorly. Like, I, I got to tell you, I think he had some decent moments. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, he's got he's to gotta do what his body tells him, and what his body tells him at this stage is that it's, it's probably uh, over at the – NHL level. The irony is, from a purely Oilers-centric uh, perspective, a strong argument can be made that he was exactly, if he had been healthy, like if they could have had the 31-year-old, first of all, if they have the 31-year-old Brandon Sutter, he's a third-line center, not a fourth-line center. Uh, but he just, you know, I, I think that, you know, he just got robbed of, of truly being able to extend here and possibly get a contract just due to health and some of the challenges that he's had. Yeah. Um, how do you see that uh, that fourth line center shaping out here? I, um, do you think uh, there's some internal uh, players that are you see in that position, or do you think maybe there's a situation maybe you would 
keep an eye on the waiver wire. Uh, anyone that hasn't had a contract yet that might be on a PTO somewhere else or just some players sitting at home waiting for it. Yeah, you know, Josh, it's interesting because there's not a lot out there. Just before I was came on with you guys, I looked at potential 20, uh, 24, summer 24 free agents. There's one that's sort of a regular player right now, and that's Travis Boyd that plays for Arizona, and he was like minus 30 last year. They had a bad team. Yeah. And, you know, the Oilers made the deal last year um, to go get Bukestead basically in that role, you know, as a bottom six guy. Uh, Lane Peterson is played a bunch of games. They, I think in a perfect world, he's your first-line center in your minor league team. I think he's going to – might not be in the lineup tomorrow because he's played a bunch of games, but I, I think you might see him get one more game for sure here. Uh, and then I think you might – like you might see Derek Ryan. They can slide Derek Ryan back in the center. I know he played in center with Calgary, uh, started off as a center, and then kind of got reinvented as a right wing. Um, and I would, I wonder if at some stage whether or not they look at Holloway. And I guess – I will say this. With the uh, – like Holloway is going to be on the team. There's no question. Through the first week of the uh, preseason, he's been the best player. Uh, he was excellent again. He was the best player on the ice against the best skater on the ice because Campbell played well in goal at Calgary. Um, I think that you know if the order. I mean, clearly now they're not set, they're not signing Sutter. Peterson, you know, he's in the mix. And I just wonder whether or not, you know, Law scored the other night. Pretty sure we're going to get a couple more looks at him here. Um, I think it might enhance the probability that Law makes the team here out of out of uh, to start the year. Because, of course, we've not had Ryan McLeod. He hasn't played a preseason game yet. He's going to play later this week. Uh, that's my expectation. Um, but I think you might see, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a pickup in on the waiver wire. And I don't think it's going to be a trade. So I think it's going to have to be an internal solution, at yeah. least at the time being. Mandy, you uh, you got anything there with for Stoff? I know you were kind of talking about some things earlier. No, I mean, one thing, and again, it, going back to Sutter, you could tell, you know, yeah. that he was, he was, you know, a step or two behind. And, and you could see, I think it was, I caught the last bit of the game. You could see when he, I think it was that tripping penalty in the third. Yeah. He, when he was skating to the box, you could see he was just going, you know, I think it's done. It's over. You can kind of see it in his face. I'm, I'm interested. Um, again, I haven't watched a lot of the preseason, but Adam Green, yeah. I mean, is that a guy that can crack? Could yeah. You, you know, I think he's got a, he's got an outside shot. Uh, he's in on a PTO. Uh, Gagne is uh, on a PTO as well, but isn't uh, like Gagne is probably going to have to do what Jason Damaris did last year and start in the minors and go in on an ATO just because he's rehabbing from uh, hip surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, Ernie is physical. He has he he's a sick dude. Like he is. Yeah, you can see it in his face. Yeah, like he is not a. He's almost got the opposite body type of a, like Brandon Sutter. Like I'm not sure Brandon Sutter at six foot three was 185 pounds. Uh, and you know, like Ernie's probably carrying 210, uh, quite comfortably. So, uh, he is physical. Uh, that's a good, you know, it, it's a put it this way I think the 12th forward spot at this stage is going to come down to Lavoie, Ernie, or Peterson. That's my guess. I think it's going to come down a lot because I've got 11 guys on the team, right? So, you got let's just operate in the context. 
of the the lines they broke training camp really started training camp with. So McDavid uh, was with Kane and Brown, and then Nugent Hopkins and Hyman were on the wings with Drysaddle. McLeod was with Fogel, would be theoretically with Fogel and Ryan, because that's who finished the playoffs together last year. And then you have Holloway and Yammer. So those 11 guys are on the team. I think they're going to have 7D on the team for sure. And we're looking, based on how they started training camp again, uh, Nurse with Bouchard, CC and uh, Kulak and CC, And then you're going to have Eckholm when he's ready. He might not play until the start of the regular season. Eckholm with you know, either Broberg or Dayerney. So there's the seven. So we're looking, and then the two goalies are Skinner and Campbell. So we, we're looking at three guys. I think at this stage, you're looking at three guys for one job and or one spot on the team. So it's either going to be Peterson, who's a natural center, uh, Lavoie, where do you play him? You know, I mean, he he made two or three plays last night. Like he is six foot five. He's got, he's a confident player. He, he, he's not timid. Which I can kind of, I'm not saying he goes and runs around like guys did back in the 80s, but he doesn't take, like he did, it. He, you know, there were a couple of things that happened backside last night. I was like, oh, okay. And then you have Ernie, who clearly can play in the league. It's just, you know, are you worried about losing LeBron waivers potentially? So I think it's down to those three guys for the 12 forward spot. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of conversations about Noah Gregor just because he's looked pretty good in Toronto. I've watched a lot of his games there, but from what I've been told and from what I hear is he'll end up signing with the Leafs and and yeah. uh, but, um, you know, well, and uh, like that's the thing too, right? Yeah, do you go in house and give Lavoie a, a shot, or do you, you know, do you? There's one more guy actually. Now that you mentioned Noah Gregor, and and that's James Hamlin. Just yeah. because, yeah, like Gregor can skate, and that's and and Gregor's a far more established player in the league. Okay, so that's. But that being said, Hamlin got ten games in last year, and so did Malone. So I guess you could argue that those other guys are kind of in the mix as well. And but I'm I'm with you, uh, Josh. I think the Leafs are going to sign Noah Gregor as well. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be a foregone conclusion there. And I know they got some injuries on the back end, but we'll see what happens in Toronto. Um, Vandy, you got anything else there? I know there's a few things you kind of want to run by here, but uh, no, 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 no. I mean, it's it's going to be when I mean it's it's been a while since we've had this kind of competition for spots, and I think um, good thing. Yeah, I think Woodcroft had mentioned it that that the competition is high. What I love, and again, I haven't watched a lot of it, but. Um, what I have noticed is is uh, is the compete level from top to bottom in games is even last night you're down five two you're sending a message to a team that you know probably won't be in the mix but I wouldn't say that Vancouver yeah I think they're gonna make the playoffs oh, yeah boy. I I, <laughs> I, I, I anyway I, they they we'll get, they, we'll get there they didn't the back they didn't but, back down. Yeah. And, and and they went at them right yeah with the guys that and 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 i think in prior years it probably would have been a 5-2 victory with everybody skating off and and nobody having any any bruises. i really I really, really like the Oilers game against the flames the other night in calgary like i really thought there was a lot of wins in that situation i know it was a close game calgary dressed you know more of a calgary had six- jack, jack campbell was great in that game 
Yeah, like Calgary had 16 guys on the team and the Oilers had nine. Or yeah. sorry, that was, let's see, what do I got here? I got, by my counts, uh, 13 for the Flames and seven for the Oilers. Last night I had 16 Canucks and nine Oilers. Yeah. Uh, Seattle, because they put the rosters out. Uh, Seattle, by my count, is going to have 12 and Edmonton's going to have 10 tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, it, that's good. Then you know, and I, I just, I think, like you touched on it earlier, stuff. Like I thought Holloway looked good. I think you know, Holloway looked great. Yeah, like he's, you know, Tony, Tony Barr was talking about it on Twitter. You know, really good. Um, uh, Phil, I know you want to talk about the the defense. Uh, go ahead, bud. Yeah, you, you mentioned Broberg a little earlier, and uh, yeah. I was just kind of wondering how, like, where you kind of have him slotted in in that lineup because I've seen a few people have him slotted with Ekholm, and like, how important of a year is it for him, and how uh, how how important is that going to be for Ekholm to kind of bring him along this year? Well, you, uh, you know who brought Ekholm along, Phil, was Weber, right? He really yeah. he really helped transition in Ekholm. Uh, this is a big year for Broberg and what's happened here is some other defensemen have Nibelainen, who's a left shot is, is, is back, you know, to where he was two years ago, where he's done a good job taking gap time and space away and gapping uh, and he's been physical. I haven't minded Gleason who played with a little bee in his bonnet last night against Vancouver. Uh, so he's looked okay. And, and then on the right side, camp is, steady Eddie and you have Dernay. So I I would like to see Broberg play with Ekholm again. If Jay Woodcroft said this week, there's a chance we'll see Nurse and Bouchard to start the year. To me, that opens up the window and the mechanism to have Ekholm and Broberg playing together. And I think if the Oilers should have a good enough team and they can build during the course of the year, like I have five teams in the Pacific making it, right? So I've got Edmonton, I've got Vegas, Calgary, Vancouver, and Los Angeles. I think those five teams make it. Yeah, I think there's um, five out of the Pacific for sure, yeah. Yeah, and so like Seattle made it last year. I just look at the save percentages of their goalies. They're sub-900 save percentages. Like, like I don't see, and I don't know if they're going to get the same diversity of scoring that they had last year. So, uh, but anyway, circling back to the defense, I think the Oilers 7, 8, 9, 10 is better than it's been. But I think most of the people watching this podcast right now would say, come on, Stoff, Broberg's got to show more. And he's had, he had, it was, I don't know if you guys know what happened, but he originally wasn't slated. So the Oilers played a week ago Sunday in at home and Broberg played. He wasn't supposed to play Monday in Winnipeg. Then they needed him to play, and he'd been skated pretty hard in the morning Monday. And then he hops on. They needed him to play because you have to have so many <laughs> veterans dressed. Yeah. Right? And I thought he kind of ran out of gas in the third period of that game against Winnipeg. The opposite happened last night for him, where I didn't think he was particularly assertive early in Vancouver. And then I thought he got a lot better as the game wore on. So there's something there, and defensemen take longer. And the general manager, if he's done anything, is he's got a history of being patient. So we'll see. But if you're sitting there saying stop, I don't know. I understand that perspective from people having that out there. Like, I don't know him, bro. Or if you're the opposite is just give him time and see how he looks with Echo. Did anybody see Bouchard taking off the way he took off with Echo last year? Did anybody see that at all? No, we it was just a 
a rocket. And I think anyone that's listened to, to Ekholm's interview with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, that's an amazing interview. Like he's an amazing speaker. They kept saying he's has a career in media after he's done playing in the NHL. He's a great guy to deal with. Let me yeah. tell you. Yeah. We've heard nothing but great things. And, you know, Matt Benning's a good friend of our podcast and, you know, he played with him for two years in Nashville and speaks very highly of him. And, you know, he's come in and what was the record? Eight, 18, two and one. With hey, you're listening. Yes. <laughs> so the best yeah. record in the league. Now the Oilers yeah. had a very easy schedule down the stretch, right? They had San Jose and Anaheim like three times each. Yeah. But he, I mean, the guy went plus 28 and 21 games. Yeah. And uh, the one of the things soft that he talked about, I don't know if you heard the interview, but um, one of the things that Ekholm was talking about was just the the breath of fresh air in Nashville is a lot of defensive zone starts in Edmonton. It was a lot of offensive zone starts. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you you know why that's going to be with Bouchard and some of the other guys. But can you kind of elaborate a little bit more of what he's bright, bright, brought to the Oilers um, and just that absurdness, um, you know, the poise, uh, the leadership, uh, just, I don't know, a little bit more from what you've seen in the game. And have you seen a player like that come into a new situation and, and translate it so, in such a well, you know, cause the way he translates translated in was so well. And a lot of times people have a tough time when they do get traded, it's kind of goes the opposite way. This way it went up to the that's good point. Yeah, That's a good point. Like, you know, some managers will tell you, you don't know what you have with the player after the first three months of a trade. But what I will tell you is Edmonton did their homework on the trade. Like, you know, in February, early February, I was the guy on the intermission saying, hey, like, that's now's the time to go get the guy. Well, as it turned out, Ken Holland got the perfect guy. Like, you couldn't argue with a more impactful player, right? Like, he he contributed offensively, went plus 28 and 21 games. He helped Evan Bouchard. The power play got better. I think the, the biggest thing that Ekholm does is he's just steady. Mm-hmm. There's no inconsistency with what you're going to get. Yep. He's there. He's in the right spots in the ice. The biggest message I could, you know, it's funny. I had a friend uh, and he got remarried and his stepson is, went fourth in the bottom draft. He's six foot four, 190 pounds, uh, right shot defenseman. He's only played D for three years. He showed me video of him like two years ago on the trampoline. I'm like, how tall is he? This is when he was like 12. And, I, and he goes, well, he's six, two and a half. And I go, a 12-year-old, six, two and a half kid, that athletic at that size? And he goes, yeah. I go, he probably has it. So he played goalie. And then he last, so he's going into his fourth year of playing defense. And he he might be the best player that's drafted in the Western League right now that's not playing in the league because he had an unreal camp of victory. He scored a couple goals. Remember, he's a defenseman. So he's playing at rink. Verhoff? Or no. it's Keaton, yeah, it's Keaton Verhoff. Yeah, he's playing. In, so, but I said one word of advice five foot pass, five foot pass. The best defenseman can make the five foot pass. Yeah. Right. Nick Lidstrom, he, he can make That's a five it. foot pass. Right. Yeah. Like, if, if you guys all watch the game. You all played the game. Like, if you're under duress as a D, I used to love going up against bigger, rangier defensemen because usually their puck skills sucked. Right. Mm-hmm. And, then the, and then the other thing is I was a thicker build and I could get underneath them and hurt them when I hit them. Right. And, and back then you were, you know, you drove through guys when you hit them, there was no hitting from behind or anything like that in the eighties. Right. Like I just wasn't good enough to progress beyond, you know, playing double a hockey at Edmonton. But the point I'm making in this is five foot pass, five foot pass. Like that's what Ekholm does. 
is he makes a really good the, the offense was a bit of a bonus and the only argument you can make is why if it ain't broke don't if it ain't right yep. why are you changing the echo bouchard it obviously worked and part of the reason why they because i think they want to distribute the minutes more evenly i think they want to get the minutes down a bit on darnell okay maybe down about a minute a game and they'll have three defensemen that play 20 plus minutes nurse Eckholm, and bouchard cc played 20 last year i think they're trying to get him around 18. kulak at 17 18 and then hopefully one of broberg or darnay goes to like 12 to 15 type thing but the biggest thing is he's steady he's calm with the puck he's he, he doesn't panic under pressure and he can make a five foot pass. Um, before we get to the flames, so where do you have the Oilers ranked? So once uh, we let you go here, we're going to kind of just dive in a little bit deeper we're on our end with our podcast uh, here, just kind of where everyone slots in in the West. But uh, where do you have uh, the Oilers finishing this year? You recall where I had a win wise last year? I think it was 50, was it 51 I, or 52 wins? No, I said 47 of 52 wins. Okay. And the team was 21, 18 and three at the 42 game mark. Yeah, you took a lot of heat. I remember and that. I got murdered for, hey, you're such a homer. And hey, I, I do work for the Oilers Entertainment. I, I just looked at the schedule. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I looked at, like, yeah, yeah. part of the rationale was I knew I, I never wavered. I stuck with it. I said, this team has more juice to give. So on that note, they finished. What amounted to two points out of first place in the Western Conference last year. Yeah. If they had won in Montreal on Super Bowl Sunday, right? Yeah. They would have ended up now. They went 14-0-1 in their final 15 games. So nobody saw them at that time being a team that I do think they'll be first in the Pacific this year. Okay. I think Dallas and Colorado are going to be really good too. So one of those three teams. I think you're going to see haves and have nots in that central division. Okay. But I think that both Colorado and Dallas have deep teams and they're going to be good. So, uh, I, between Dallas, Colorado and Edmonton, uh, that's, who's going to win the division. I wonder with Vegas, just, you know, they, they missed the, did they not miss the playoff? Like, or yeah, the year before, yeah, they missed the playoffs. Then they yeah. won the top. They're a well-run organization, but I got them in the mix. I think, I think Calgary finishes 44 to 48 wins. Vancouver is 42 to 46 wins. But I have the Oilers in first place. In the really? Day. Vancouver? Wow. Yeah. Is it the, the goaltending? Yes, because there's no way he can be as bad as he was last year. And their PK can't be as bad. You know, they brought some players in to help that out, like Ian Cole and Carson Soucier. And Bluger. Yeah, like those guys are going to kind of help that out. Am who's I, your best? Who's your best penalty killer? Your goalie. Your goalie. Yeah. The guy had a nine hundred save percentage yeah. last year. He's a career nine ten goalie. Yeah. He's a good goalie. It's just like Markstrom. Like, yeah, and the thing it needs to be stated with Calgary, and I'm not doing this because Phil's with us, but <laughs> like, yeah. like the Flames finished ahead of Florida, who made it to the yeah. Cup final last year, right? And Markstrom yeah. had a tough season. Markstrom and Demko are both good goalies. They are going to bounce back, and they're both going to be part of the equation as to why. Uh, Wait, Calgary Phil, just you're not even smiling, Phil. Not yet. He will be soon. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. It'll be interesting to kind of see how that that shapes up. All right, Mets fans, listen up. 
So SeatGeek is an amazing app that helps you buy tickets in the easiest way possible. So please, if you ever need to buy tickets to any event, NHL, NBA, NFL, CFL, MLB, or concert tickets, click the link in our description and use promo code TWOMUTSPOD to get 20% off your first purchase. That's TWOMUTSPOD to get 20% off your first purchase. SeatGeek is where it's at. I know you were at the uh, Penticton Games there, Stoff, and uh, yeah. maybe you, uh, I just want to get a quick rip on this player here. Uh, he's kind of a guy I got to know and been chatting with. He hasn't been on our pod yet, but hopefully, uh, you know, next month or the month after we'll have him on. But that's Sam Honzik with the Calgary Flames, the first mm-hmm. overall pick. Um, I think he went 16th overall this past season. Um, where, where are you at with his game from what you saw maybe in Penticton and some preseason games here, or just the one preseason game maybe you played the other night? I actually noticed him more in the game against the Oilers than I did in the pre in the rookie tournament. And maybe I was just more focused on the Oilers uh, rookies. But it's it's funny, right? Like Lambert with Winnipeg. I didn't think Winnipeg was very good at that tournament. And I thought Lambert was pretty good in the game that he played against the Oilers in, in the in the exhibition game. So uh, you know, there were there were some quiet now. Chad Lucius was coming off an injury. Um Lambert is the best players share the puck. I, I think he'll share the puck more. He's got great individual skill. Uh, Coronado was completely on a different level than Hansik <laughs> for me. Like, but he's two years, yeah, two years old. Like, he's he's going to make the flames, right? So Hansik's has he already been reassigned? No, he. No, I don't know if I haven't seen today. Maybe, but I know they they still had him with them the team yesterday. Yeah. But well, I, maybe they'll I know. Obviously, I know. Obviously, he's probably going to go back. Like, well, he'll be going back. There's, there's like some... last year was his first year in the WHL. He had 50 some fifty yeah. five or fifty six points with the Vancouver Giants, and um, you know, just maybe a little bit more time in, with them, and then obviously his head. It's got to be a like he's got to play. What will he play now? Uh, Sixty eight games. Yeah. He's missed the first three or four. Let's see, he plays sixty games. He's got to be a seventy-five point guy this year in in uh, in the WHL. So, to me, like you can see a Coronado, he completely. What I noticed more was how good some of Calgary's D were in the, in that tournament, and how big they were. Like they had Klapka, like they had a big like. Yeah. That's part of their 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 identity and their organization. They like size and they lean on you like. That American League team, when they had Mitch McLean, they brought in Mitch McLean. I think he came in out of Iowa. Um, and then they had one of the two Lancers, the two brothers. They're tough as nails. Oh, yeah. Right? They got a tough farm team. Like, yeah. they were physically intimidating. And Mitch Love's going to be on our podcast this week. So I teased that. Good for out. you guys. Yeah. So, um, Phil, I know you've uh, been dying and waiting to ask some. Fun. Well, yeah, his nipple, <laughs> his nipples are hard. Because exactly. Bob was just stroking. Go, go ahead. It's because it's, it's cold, Vandy. It's because it's chilly out here, bud. Don't worry. <laughs> new Sarepta. That arena new uh, Sarepta back in the 70s used to. Actually, there was a guy who ended up becoming a harness racer from New Sarepta. He played the National Hockey League for Pittsburgh. Um, his kid played maybe with the Oil Kings a couple of years ago. Uh, you can you go that far back? Do you recall? No, <laughs> no, I've only been here a couple of years, but that rink is freezing. It's yeah, like it, so cold. You can hang cold, meat in there. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure all the all the hunters are going to hang their meat in there this year. So cold in there. 
Anyways, Calgary Flames, Michael Backlund. How do you feel about Michael Backlund? You know how good it, contract. You know good how contract, and he got the captaincy. I'm not often right, Phil, but in <laughs> 2007, I was uh, I had a call before I joined the Oilers. I joined the Oilers in basically late August of uh, 2008. 2007, I had a column in the Edmonton Sun, and the night of the t- 2007 draft, I wrote a piece saying the Oilers missed the boat taking Nash over, uh, you know, or could have could have gone uh, taken should have gone after Backlund instead of Plot Alex Plot, who they took 15th. I, I've always liked Black, uh, Backlund. He is, it, there were a bunch of guys last year in Calgary that had crappy offensive seasons. He was plus 24. He's a yeah. hell of a player. He's a great third line center. And when, when they're rolling out Lindholm, who's a real good two way player, Cadre is due for a big bounce back and Backlund, they're good at center. Like they've got three really, he's a highly competitive player. He plays his best games against Edmonton. Absolutely all day. I totally understand why they made that guy captain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh pretty team friendly deal too. Uh sure. I mean, he's older, so see, I'm looking up news throughout the hockey. I can't believe I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna bother me that I uh, I know it will because you you are the uh the didn't Gregor grow up there? Yeah, Colin, yeah, Colin did, but this guy was better than Colin. This guy played in the NHL. Like in the in the mid mid to late eighties, he was he was a smaller player. This is where we don't have the live fans listening, where the text line can jump in, right? So and, and I know out. all of New Sarept is going to be listening to this. I, I actually feel a lot of shame. His son, I can't believe I forgot this guy's name. Uh, his son, Bob. I, you answer the question. I'll look it up for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so just yeah. type up New Sarepta. I got it. Hockey players from New Sarepta, and we're looking for a guy in the 80s, and for some reason, I thought he was with Pittsburgh. Um, All right, so sorry, back to Backlund. Love him. Great player. Hard nose. Real good two-way centerman. Plays his best against the Oilers. And the contract, yeah, it's come on. It's it's a sub-$5.5 million deal. It's fine for him. Yeah. It's funny because uh, last year when he was on with us, I kind of got to know him a bit after, and I was telling him, I'm like, I'm like, you don't know how much how much you're loved actually in Edmonton. And, and he was kind of like, for real? And then I told him you're, how you feel because obviously, you know, I've known you for 15 plus years and and that. It, and it was just, it was interesting. That he was just so grateful to kind of hear that, you know, yeah, he is kind of, um, you know, hammered, you know, by kind of other people in the other markets. And yeah, obviously there's the Battle of Alberta and everyone wants to, they want to beat each other, but obviously it's great when both are uh, successful. So uh, throw back to Phil there. Sorry about that, Phil. Oh, no, it's all good, man. It's a, it's it's good. It's good to show love to other players, hey, sometimes. But well, uh, there's a lot of good players in the league, man. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially like doing this podcast, like you learn to appreciate like other players too and, and like other players and, you know, like like you just said, like we're we're not as as uh, involved with players as you are, but the ones we do get to to interact with, like it's just so cool to see that like they're all human beings and. But you guys know, you guys know the people, game. So. You know the game. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, you 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 said you mentioned Matt Coronado, and yeah. uh, you think he's got a place on the team this year? Yes, I do. I think they. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that too. He had a. He's had a pretty good uh, camp so far this year. 
he can, I mean, he's, he's he can score, right? So he's got offensive. It's, have we still not looked up the players from New Sarepta? I'm, I'm finding it, Bob. I know it's killing you. It's it's driving I'm me. It. I'm actually quite, like I said, his kid played on the Oil Kings like two years ago. I'm really upset with myself. And now I'm thinking it might not have been Minnesota that he, he had a cup of coffee. He was in well, now the- you said Minnesota. It was Pittsburgh. No, it was Steve Goddess. And he's from Cam. It says he was born in Camrose, but he played in New Sarepta. Yeah, so G O T A A S. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he he played in Pittsburgh and he played in Minnesota. So I remembered the teams that he played for, but I couldn't. Re- so his kid was with the Oil Kings a couple of years ago when they were really? there. Now I can. There you go. Maybe uh, maybe a pocket do that answer there. Hey? His, his kid's green. So when we played, yeah, great, yeah, that's that's his kid. So we uh, we used to play in the Highway 14 league. I was in Fultonville, <laughs> and we used to play New Sarepta, and he was their best player by a mile. I mean, obviously, he was their best player. The guy played about 10 years of minor pro, and his best off. Well, he had a 53 goal, 108 point season in the Western Hockey League. So he's he's got he's got a doozy of a hockey DB pick. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But that's we gotta get him on. Let's get him on the pod. Yeah, he, we'll... played, he played on arguably the toughest junior team of all time. The '85 Memorial Cup champ, Prince Albert Raiders. Dave Manson was on that team. Yeah, and Baumgartner was on that team. Manny Viveros, the head coach. You mentioned Hans. Oh, 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 He's oh. the head coach of the Vancouver Giants now. Manny Viveros. Kim Issel. Yeah. Uh, Manny. Shit. Manny was the CHL Player of the Year that year. He had three straight 100 point games. And Terry Simpson coached that team, and they used to do this thing. They were ahead of their time with penalty killing, and they would basically play a 1-3, but Manny was in a middle role as a defender, and the guy that would bring the puck up the ice, he would force that guy up the middle and because it, it, it was usually a forward that was bringing it up. And he, I know for a fact in the 85 Memorial Cup, you guys can look it up on YouTube, he stripped the guy coming right up the middle of the ice as he's trying to get zone entry on the power play, went the other way and went in and scored. He was a hell of a player, Viveros. But that team, the police chief, Edmonton's current police chief, was on that 8045 uh Prince Albert Raiders team. They had about nine guys that could fight. They used to steal the other teams. Uh, uh Dale McPhee, yeah. Dale McPhee was the, was on that team, police chief. They used to steal the other team's uh, nets. You guys know that, right? In the warm-up. Yeah, that was the team. So, Josh, you think you're 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 a bad, tough guy? Those guys were tough. When you're stealing, and the only team, the only team that would stand up to them, Moose Jaw, because yeah. they had Mike Keen and Kelly Buckberger, and Mike Keen, pound for pound, was as good a fighter as there was in the mid to late 1980s in the West. He could because he was a, he could punch with both hands, and he was an exceptional undersized fighter. So. There we now. As for Coronado, he came out of Harvard. Probably didn't do a lot of fighting there. Do you know who was the former Harvard uh, boxing champ that played for the Calgary fan, uh, Flames? Phil, one of the you biggest. Me. Okay, one of the biggest talkers in the game, and he was actually legitimately tough. But his joke was, "How tough do you have to be to be the boxing champ at Harvard?" Neil Sheehy was out of Harvard. Left nut. There you go. Right on. Um, okay, we got one question. It's from our CDN text inbox stuff. Uh, we had this a uh, lot of questions from this today from uh, the guys here out here in Fort McMurray and uh, here in Syncrude. Uh, a lot of the questions are, and the uh, hottest topic is who is the starting goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers come opening night? 
Yeah, I think Stuart Skinner is going to start. It's interesting. Tomorrow we're going to have Beniers going against. Uh, Beniers is in the lineup. Uh, the, again, the, somebody from Seattle posted the Oilers lineup tomorrow. I think it looks like Campbell might be starting. Uh, but I think Stuart Skinner is going to start game number one. Just remember, coaches know what they know. And Stuart Skinner grew and evolved under Jay Woodcroft during his time down in Bakersfield. And Stuart Skinner became the number one goalie by the end of last year. And you can make an argument, stop. They should have, he shouldn't have started game six. He got pulled three times in the playoffs. That's all fair commentary. But at the end of the day, the guy that coaches knows better is Skinner. And you only have one chance to make a first impression. And Campbell's first impression was a struggle. He's going to have to prove it a bit more. So I believe Skinner will start the opening game of the year in Vancouver. Perfect. Uh, Vandy, do you have any final comments for Stoff before he signs out? Uh, no. I mean, mine probably would have been the goaltender question, but um, no, Bob, I, I do, uh, on behalf of Josh and, and Philly, I, I appreciate you supporting us and, and letting us, you know, do our thing and coming on and chatting, shooting the shit with us. Well, it's not every day you get a chance to sit there and talk about Steve Godas coming from uh, Houston. <laughs> Now, did you? Who is the best player amongst your guys' peer group? By the way, um, so I was seventy six, self satisfied club. Uh, I I would have to say there were probably two of them: Ryan Preck, Steve, yep, Steve-O, and Kevin Chirac. Yeah, so obviously Ryan Preck, you know, carved out a pretty decent. Group. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I'm eighty four, so obviously like eighty four, eighty five, yeah. So they don't want to. You don't, you don't want to know how old I was in 84. Yeah, I had a lot. Yeah, exactly. But no, I, I, I'm gonna, all I'm going to tell you is in 1984, it was the week before our high school grad. Okay. <laughs> at Harry Ainley. So I'm giving you the range of the year now. And the Oilers had won the stand. They'd, they'd beaten the Islanders in game five. I remember they were up 4 nothing after two periods. And Pat LaFontaine scored two goals like the first three minutes as we were driving to my buddy's place. And then we went to the convention itself. And everybody said, what are you guys doing here? Get downtown. It's crazy. And you know what? It was crazy. And it was spontaneous. And it was beautiful. And people weren't being idiots. Like, they were just having a great time. And the, the, the city partied like you've never seen before. And, that's, <laughs> that, and, and it was it didn't get run over. You know, like, sometimes what happens is it gets out of control. And then, you know, stuff gets burnt down. And part of the city gets destroyed. It wasn't like that. The, fir- the first one was organic and genuine and beautiful. And it was just, holy crap, we're in a city. We just won the Stanley Cup. We're only in the league five years, right? And they went on to win five of the next seven. And, I, and, I, and I'll be honest, like, the Islanders almost got upset by the Rangers in game five. They, they had best of five. And Barry Beck separated his shoulder, and that flipped that game. And uh, the Islanders ended up winning and I'll, I'll never forget it. A couple of my buddies were like, uh, you know, this sucks. We're never going to beat the Islanders. They never lose in the playoffs. I won't say which other player, but one of the guys that I knew sort of indirectly through somebody had said they wanted the Islanders. They wanted to crack at them again after how they got beat the year before. And they're like, if we're going to win this thing, we want to beat the best. And they're the best. And you know what? That's what the best do. The best don't want to beat a team when they got four or five guys out with injury. They want that team completely healthy and beating them. And when you lose, like Edmonton lost to Vegas last year with six, 
the Oilers had leads in all six games that didn't win the series. Mm-hmm. It burns the organization. It like it does, and the players. That's why there's such an emphasis on on defense in preseason. I'm going to tell you right now. I put the the predictions out on the point totals on the Oilers players, and they're all down from last year. And everybody was just giving it to me. But I'm the, like, it would not surprise me if Edmonton tries to shoot 30 to 40 goals against off. They're playing completely different system play, more zone defense in their own end, which means the opposition is going to have the puck more. Uh, but you don't give up the front of the net. And then maybe not quite as aggressive on the forecheck. So maybe the team won't score as much, but, the, the, you know, you got to learn from your mistakes. And they kind of beat themselves in games five and game six. So, and they want to beat the best. So if that means, Going, you know, and first things first, you gotta you gotta get in the playoffs and get home ice. And at some point along the way, they're probably if they're gonna go to the cup, I think they're gonna have to be Colorado or Detroit. And I think those are are Dallas, and I think those two teams are gonna be really good. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but beat the best because that's what the best want. The best want that matchup, and the Oilers got players that want that. They want that. Yeah. All right, stuff. Hi. Enjoy the rest of the night here in Seattle. Just for starting sure. for me. Yes, exactly. So well, right. you're an hour behind. Something like that. Yeah. All right, Bill. Thanks for joining See us. See you guys. Yep. See you. Have a good Thanks, spot, Paul. Thanks a lot, eh? See Cheers, you. Paul. Peace. This public service announcement is brought to you by our friends at CDN. Here's a crazy thought. Not all teamware needs a team logo. Stand out in the crowd and rep your team colors with one of CDN's hockey hats. Listen, these hats are phenomenal. We just got ours a little while ago and we've been wearing them nonstop. You know when you find a hat you love and you just can't take it off? Yep, that's how we feel with our CDN hat. Every time we wear it out, we get asked, where did you get that hat? I know what you're thinking. How can I get one? Cue the details. Shop online 24-7 at www.wearecdn.ca and use the promo code 2MUTS for 15% off your order. Again, that's www.wearecdn.ca to get your new favorite hat and use the discount code 2MUTS at checkout for 15% off your order. Now back to the show. Huge thanks to uh, Bob Stoffer for joining us uh, to preview uh, some Western Conference situations here in the West. And uh, we'll do the East later this week. Uh, we got some guests uh, lined up for that. So once uh, that's official, we'll do our Western, our Eastern Conference. But that's kind of our Western Conference breakdown. Uh, Vandy, I know you got to give a plug, but just a quick rip on what you heard from Stoff. And then uh, I know there's a special sick tap you want to have. Well, yeah, I mean, I... yeah. <laughs> Stoffel, he's pretty modest. I'm, I'm very rarely wrong is what he says, but I am, you know, he's got a big, big following in Edmonton and there's a reason why, because he is not wrong on a lot of things he says. Oh. <laughs> and, and, you know, as outlandish sometimes as, as people think he is, you know, with his predictions and all that, this this man studies stats and and you know it's hard to argue with him. I I disagree with him on the Canucks thing though, but um, 
No, he, he, he's, uh, you know, he's been good for us and, and, and that, and, you know, let's, let's see what happens. Let's see where, where it goes. Yeah. And some stick taps you have to hand out. I know you, I do, I do, you know, um, so I'm, I'm going to put a plug out there for, for Max Jones and my son, Jace. And I think there's another kid. I, sorry, I, I didn't get his name. But they they started a podcast, so they're you know kind of what are they? They're 14, 14 years old. Yeah, my MJ would be fourteen. Jace is fourteen. So they he's got a podcast. I think it's on uh, Spotify, and it's thirty minutes inside sports with MJ. So if you guys are listening, just peek, take a peek at it. They they run through every kind of sport, CFL, NFL, that kind of thing. So. I checked this out. I got a nice drive home tomorrow. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bosco's got it sorted. He's going to listen to this podcast. Yeah. And then let's, yeah. And then let's critique the shit out of (laughs) him. Exactly. (laughs) It's probably better than ours. Yeah. Maybe. eh? Maybe (laughs) there's no way it is. Uh, Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. It's a great plug there, Vandy. So, uh, great on that podcast. And uh, check it out if you guys uh, have the opportunity to check that out um so obviously we heard where stoff stands at his uh in his point of view for the western conference and where things are um i'll give a quick rip on mine and then we'll go to vandy and then phil you can close out um you know i got the i got the flames finishing um first in the pacific um but i got colorado finishing in first in the uh the entire western conference i think they'll have a bounce back year and obviously with the fact that they were able to uh you know, kind of know what their situation is with the cap, bring some players in. I think that's a it's a pretty good uh, situation that they're in. And then Landis Gogs obviously out for the year, but I got Colorado, and then I got Calgary uh, second there. Uh, so Colorado wins the Central, and then uh, and then uh, Flames win the West, and then it'll be Vegas and Edmonton. Um, that's the kind of the top three for me, and then I have Dallas uh, finishing second. And I have Winnipeg finishing third um, there. And I only have three teams from the Central making it to the playoffs out of that division. And then I have five from the Pacific. Um, you know, so I have, yeah, yeah. So it goes Calgary, Emmett, Calgary, Vegas, Edmonton. And then I got uh, the LA Kings and the Vancouver Canucks. Um, so that's kind of my, my predictions there. Vandy? Jesus, you got the Flames winning the Pacific? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I get it's it. It's their turn, get... Vandy. Haven't, haven't you no, seen no, no. the pattern? Listen, listen, if you go back like two or three podcasts that I've done, I said the Flames will win. They'll they'll make the playoffs, but they're not going to win the division. They're not beating Vegas or the Oilers. The Oilers are going to win the division. Um, Vegas will come second. Kings will be third. Flames are going to be a wild card. I, I still got the Kraken. And I know Bob said, you know, whipped out his stats about the save percentage, and now I'm second guessing. But um, I don't even think now that I think about it, I think that 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 wild card spot might come out of out of the uh, is central. Yeah, whatever the other division. So yeah, the the Avs are obviously going to win the central. We all know that. I think Dallas. I agree with Bob on that. Dallas is going to be a juggernaut. 
and um, to get in right like that's probably the other team it's minnesota or winnipeg because oh i think it's the wild just and i'm going strictly off of um the the bill garen factor that he's gonna make make sure that that team wins i mean you look at his pedigree and, and, you know, a lot like what Ron Francis with the crack and he's got that winning attitude. He's going to make sure that team is a winner. So Minnesota's there. I got, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, like I say, you can toss the eighth position. You can toss it up between, you know, I guess we can throw Vancouver in there. I fuck if They make it. I'll be so, I fucking hate Canucks fans. Uncle be happy. Eh? <laughs> so. I hate Canucks fans. Yeah. Like they're the worst fans in the league. Um, well, there, I, are I none right, there are none right now, Vandy, because they haven't made the playoffs. <laughs> so there's no Canucks fans. Right? right? Yeah. But exactly. if, they, if, if Bob's right, there'll be like a million Canucks fans mm. like, come out of the woodwork. Oh, oh yeah, we're God. fans. We've been here the whole time. People will be coming from Fort St. John cheering for the with their with their camp. brand new jerseys that they have yeah, still the tags yeah. on, right? Yeah. Trevor Linden, sixteen, black, and they do have a wicked third jersey though. But anyway, no. Um, so I probably went off script there, but I got the Ab Stars, Wild, Vegas Oilers, Kings, Flames, and then. Flip a coin who gets that eighth wild card spot. Okay. And we'll finish up with Phil. All right. Uh I gotta I gotta be a little bit different here, boys. And uh I'm picking the LA Kings to win the Pacific this year. Wow. And then I got the Oilers in second, and they will play the Flames, who will finish third in round one, and the Flames are gonna return the favor from uh, the last playoff series against the Oilers. Okay, so you, you're you're loving the Kings goaltending. I I like the Kings, man. I think they're I think they're going to I think they're going to shock some people. I think they're going to uh, No, they're, they're not going to shock it. anybody, but their goaltending is subpar. Probably, right? So Yeah, it's subpar. They do got to be different, they Andy. Do, they they got to be they different, got, bud. They do probably have the best depth down the middle, you know. You're gonna oh, one hundred percent they do. You know, like down and like, Dowdy's Dowdy, yeah, right. And you have like obviously you got you Connor and Leon for sure. I, I there's no debating that what those guys do, but you know down if you're gonna go straight down the middle, you got Dubois, Kopitar, and Deneau. Um, You know, and at some point, some point here, the LA Kings got to get going here. Um, you know, it's Todd McCollins going on his last year as head coach. Doesn't have a contract for next year, um, but uh, yeah, see what happens there. Go ahead, Phil. Sorry. Yeah, and then in, in the central, I think the Stars are going to win the st- central, and then you got Colorado and Minnesota. Um, for my wild card teams, I have the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and then I think the Nashville Predators are going to get in. Cool. I was going to ask. I was going to ask you boys too. Do you, do you, do any of you guys have a dark horse for next year? For this season, sorry, the Preds could be that they got young. Then a lot of their young players got some, ex, you know, some time, and they did really good at the time that they got. But uh, you know, and you, you, you see, Saros is no goaltender to shake a stick at. But I don't know. Maybe I think I think for some reason I got to be loyal to our boy Matt Benning and the Sharks. I'm not saying playoffs, but I, 
That's would, a good dark horse, though. Like if if they pulled it off, be, I would hope that they would be much make better. Make a step forward. Oh, eh? They're going to be horrible. They probably will be, but you know, um, the but, Sharks are going to be bad, man. Why wouldn't you look at look out east? Well, we're not going. We're are you? Is that Phil? Oh, you're getting ahead of ourselves here. Okay, okay. We're talking so you're talking about today. the West. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Maybe maybe Arizona. Look at Arizona's done, man. Like man, Logan Cooley. That's who I would pick. I would say Arizona. Arizona's that team, right? You know, Andre Turnier's done a good job with that team. So maybe maybe it's the Canucks, Vandy. And they got a good blue line. The I like the I really really like the the Coyotes blue line. Biz will like that. Yeah. So, anything else you guys want to add? Is that is that it? Are you still looking, Vandy, or no? No, I, I think you picked the. Yo- I legit. I think. I mean, the Pacific. Remember when we were laughing at the Pacific like three years ago? The best. Division <laughs> and now it's like the best. It's the, the best division in hockey. Yeah, probably is. Probably is for sure. So. All right, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll close out on that. Uh, yeah, look, it's a busy week with the pod. We have a lot of interviews. We have Doug McLean on his book Draft Day, so that will be uh, dropping sometime this week. Uh, we have Mitch Love, the assistant coach of the Washington Capitals. So this will be our hey, first- our, our boy Matty Phillips, wicked goal last night. Hey, yeah, Matt Phillips talking about uh, the Capitals. Really, uh, really good goal there. So. Um, and yeah, we got Craig Button uh, will join us this week. Uh, probably maybe Frankie Corrado, Brian Hayes. It is a busy, busy week. Um, and uh, yeah, so look uh, look forward to uh, to a lot of episodes this coming week for the Two Months Podcast. And uh, you know, uh, a lot of requests for Michael Backlund. I've already spoke to Bax. We're going to let some things settle. There's uh, some pressing things and getting the team. Uh, get ready for the season so probably uh maybe in october during the uh, outdoor game we'll have our uh, our interview with michael backland around that time that's kind of where things might shape up and yeah i'm moving to calgary so uh looking forward to uh, getting out of edmonton and moving on to the sea of red and uh you know our podcast kind of you know taking a a new leap here and you know we uh, unfortunately i i know we had bob on this episode but uh we have uh, we have a good relationship with him. It's a little bit tougher with the rest of the Oilers uh, situation, so that's uh, that's a that's a bit tough there. Um, and you know we've have uh, everyone. It's well documented the last three years of what our relationship was with the Calgary Flames organization. So uh, appreciate them and supporting us and and giving us an opportunity to kind of uh, grow a little bit. And some other news, uh, you know. As you guys heard at the start, we did not say we're powered by GoGoat Sports because uh, they have some uh, some some new news going in their situation. So uh, we'll let them break that. But uh, as they break that, we uh, we branch back to ourselves. Um, so we uh, we're not picked up by any network anymore. And uh, GoGoat will still help us out on uh, you know sponsorship stuff, but uh, they will not be doing um, anything else in that uh, in that avenue and. Uh, you guys will see a change when that is uh, on their end, but uh, you know we like to thank them for their uh, the opportunity that we did have with them since uh, April of last year, and you know getting us uh, kind of off our feet a little bit. But uh, yeah, we're enjoying the journey here at the Two Months Podcast, and you know if there's a network that out there that wants to pick us up, 
by all means, but a huge thank to Robert Reese and Trevor Martins uh, at GoGo for uh, taking care of us, looking after us, and uh, all the best to uh, to them and what the, the, the next exciting future they have. But, uh, you know, they'll be doing the sales side of it for us, so they just won't be powered by us. But, uh, yeah, anything you guys have for... Uh, you guys want to get hold of us uh, for any sponsorship stuff, uh, you guys can email Robert at GoGoatSports ca so that's robert at gogosports.ca uh he'll take care of uh you guys in that as- aspect of uh you know wanting to join the too much podcast team so vandy uh anything you want to say before we close out uh no i'm good all right on and phil i'm i'm ready for bed buddy tired so same I'm here in. i gotta get up at five in the morning so all right guys we'll have a good one we'll chat soon